a purpose to catch our attention. But as Kelly and this song presents, how easy we miss the majesty of Jesus. I'd like you to take your seat. And I'd like you to just keep your eyes focused on something up here or Imagine that you were one of the people, quite by surprise, that came to the scene that that night. And um, for the most part, you were just doing a job nearby. It uh, wasn't a whole lot in the news or in your expectations said he's, on my calculation, he's almost here. We read words, Debbie and I, the Advent words, at just the right time, reports Paul in Galatians 3.16. How many people could say, I knew it? I knew it was just at the right time. I was waiting. bow down to you today. Because you deserve our praise. It belongs to you and you alone. That's why we gather on Christmas Eve. It won't be entirely new or shocking to hear about the birth You're not bound by new information. You, through your spirit, do deep things where you look for an opening in the hearts of people like me and say, okay, let's make this new for me. And that's our prayer. say something to you who uh, maybe don't normally go to a church gathering like this. Some of you are uh, live streaming now. Some will later in the week. Some will turn it on tomorrow because after all, that's the day we celebrate Christmas. Whatever the case might be, I just hope it's uh, for you enough uh, of a moment that you say something happened Maybe it's the reflection of your hungry heart because you're tired of the substitutes, let's call them that, the things that we use and they work for a while, but they wear out. They run out. We, uh, we need something that sustains us. I remember when I first heard the word living in the Northwest, sustainability, I just, I didn't know. I thought it was a bunch of, we called them tree huggers, you know, whatever. Whatever. 
I didn't know, and my, no offense to you who love trees, I love them too. We just built a fence next to the trees. But anyway, um, uh, but the truth is, there's things that we, uh, that, that we uh, hear about sustainable. It's definitely the wave and vehicle. That the resources in this world are maybe not infinite, or they're, they're actually exhausted and maybe run out. So we're pressed to find something that is sustainable. And um, and I would say that I've just described the Christian life in many ways. Maybe not for you, and there's wonderful examples of people that. You look at their life, and it doesn't have to be Christmas or Easter. It can be any time during the year, and almost any time you look at them, you go, they're alive. They've got this view of Jesus like it just happened. You know those people? And you just want to warm yourself by their fire because it's good. It's alive. It's, uh, I don't know, maybe sometimes you've walked up to somebody and said, what's your secret? have this sustainability, spiritually speaking, that I want. Um, I study the Bible a lot. Uh, I do it every day, and uh, I just don't feel like I leave the house with clothes on if I don't, you know, which is a really not nice to lay on people. Uh, but I, it's so important. It's, ne- it's, it's part of my experience, and I get up and I study the Bible, and over time, it's interesting, you start to relate to people in the Bible. Uh, I've, I've had a conversation with, it's not weird, don't get, don't think he's, wow, that jacket is just the beginning of things here. Um, it's not that, but I, I've been talking to John the Baptist, like I think he poked the bear when he called out Herod. It's not part of my devotion today, but it's, it's like, Herod doesn't belong to Jesus, and he doesn't care about uh, adultery laws. Why are you, anyway, I, that, that only comes because you've paid attention over, the, over time. And if you take John the Baptist or somebody else in the Bible, they, they actually become almost your friend. If, uh, how many of you feel that you can relate to what I'm saying right now? You're like, I write, I read my Bible like that, and it's like I want to be like Ruth. I think she's so cool. Or, you know, I want to be like, you know, Samuel or pick your guy. In fact, on three, shout out man or woman, somebody in the Bible that you're just like trying to, you're like, uh, you're their stunt double. Ready? One, two, three. Okay, I heard Esther, Esther I think I did. Some cool names there. Anyway, yes, very good. So here's the deal. Um you do start to gain a sense of their uh, stuff, their, their, their style, their habits, their quirks, their idiosyncrasies, things that make them real people, not just figures in the Bible. And even their character sort of peeks out in the pages of the Bible. Uh, occasionally you read something or actually watch something that that gives you a vivid view of that person. Uh, Debbie and I are watching The Chosen. How many have watched or are watching, seeing? Okay, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, 
Make sure your hand's in the air next time you're asked, because it is, I'm not getting any, you know, promotional fee for announcing that. It just, we were gifted the, the whole series, and we've been watching it, and sometimes re-watching parts of it. We're not clear through it, and we're not in a hurry to do so. But in, in the portrayal of different people in the gospel story, uh, through the chosen, this this really amazing series, um, I, I got to tell you, um, certain people, I have a whole bunch better clarity when it comes to, uh, let's take Peter, okay, since he's a big part of it. Turns out I'm a lot like Peter. Um, that's my self-confession, okay? I uh, hope that's not true in denying Jesus someday. That's not my plan. But I'm a lot like Peter, the Peter that we've watched so far. He's bold and he's confident. He's that guy that uh, is full of conviction. You get the sense he's got an opinion about something even if no one asked for it. You ever felt that <laughs> from me? <laughs> where, where there's this, and with it, undergirding it is a fierce loyalty to Jesus. And, I mean, I, I was convinced I'm a lot like him because I, I, too, married a gorgeous woman, and, um, and I happen to be a hunk. And I'm just going to say it. There it is. It's right in front of you. I mean, think back what the Peter in The Chosen, the guy's got guns, man. He's, he's, he's lit. He's cool. So anyway, um, all right, let's get to someone more respectful. Um, take Mary mother of Jesus. She's young. You would expect that. Most theologians believe somewhere in her late teens. She's pretty. And she's innocent. We'd say today words like pure-hearted. This is a great, um, I just love how she crosses her arms get up close, as we promise you, won't try to, you know, steal baby Jesus when we're done here. Um, come up and take a look even at the, uh, at the expression and imagine the wonder, the awe that Kelly talked about that, that goes with um, birthing God. It's a double mind blower for men because we don't know anything about birth. And we darn sure don't know about it pertaining to God. She's been called the mother of God. And she and this chosen, uh, really amazing. In fact, there's this scene. We, we actually watched it for this Christmas little special. And it's about the shepherds. So we watched that last night thinking about, you know, it's fun. And we did, and we, we um, of course, the angel came to the shepherds, and then a host of angels came and affirmed the news that there's this, this baby that's been born a few miles from here, maybe not even that, in Bethlehem, and you ought to go see, and, and this is what you're looking for, a baby in this setting with, with uh, you know, just a couple of people, uh, a young mom. Joseph, and um, so uh, 
they hear all this news and um, an interesting thing Luke reports in his gospel telling of this. He says that they left this moment and you see it in the chosen. They're, blo- they, they're exploding with excitement. I mean, they just saw Jesus, which you would expect they just cannot stop talking about who they just saw. And then there's this almost exception. He tells about Mary's reaction. As blown away as you could imagine, as personally touched as we can imagine, but we're told these words, she treasured these things and pondered them in her heart. Now, she just gave birth. Let's So, of course, the chosen presents Jesus to Nazareth. And that's what we're smack in this morning. I uh, have little pauses in between because everything I'm saying I thought so deeply about, I probably spent more time on my Christmas Eve message doing most of it. It's because it's real. I, I think of... And again, the chosen gives me a view of Jesus. And I have to say to you that some of of my impressions, my imagined looks and moments of seeing Jesus are very similar to what I imagine uh, and do imagine in the Gospels. Uh, You you can't help but read uh, that he has tenderness and patience especially I, I don't know it just it just hits me that in moments of excitement and and even confrontation with Pharisees and others I, I just think he's he's just chill he's 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 not worked up he's not spun you might say you just look at him and you think he's calm and I want to be that because you and I have storms Maybe you want to be that too. We know what it's like to want to be like that. And then I, I'm very aware that he's attentive. And, and not, not in a small way, I think he's fun. I think, I think the Jesus uh, of the Gospels and the Jesus of the Chosen seems to be the kind of fun that I imagine him to have. And with it, plenty of wit. don't need him you go well I might check back in later you're a you're you're in a small percentage of people that that reaction 
But there's enough here to cause you and I to stand still. And these are your four Gospels. You can be drawn to other sources about him, and none are reliable. Just read them. None. Matthew, Mark, and John. And we eternally capture what God wants us to know about his son, Jesus. And the Gospels are the model for that. But I I was thinking about two quick interactions. Uh, Last week we watched the scene in John 5. And there's a man, we don't know his name, we just know that he, uh, they depict him, he chose them and he fell out of a tree as a child praying for heaven. And for 38 years, 38 years, he was violent towards them and the Lord. He was paralyzed. At least a paraplegic, maybe more. But he was unable to move. He was wheelchair bound, if, if they had him. That's a long time, 38 years. And then he meets Jesus. And we've been there. If you were part of the Israel team here, we we were at that place, that location in Bethsaida, and um, near the Sheep Gate in Israel. It's in in, uh, Jerusalem. And we stood there and tried to imagine this man, as they show in this chosen one, him crawling too slow to get into the water for this possibility of a miracle and then Jesus meets him and I tell you that encounter just made me stop my heart so so real are you hearing a story I don't know how you're held back from transformation stuck in the mud but that's about as stuck as you can imagine 38 despairing by that point. You you got nothing to live for. Let's go for a walk, Debbie. We say on on a daily basis in the gutter, but you can't do that. Let's go back there. And then this incredible tender moment with Jesus. It's I tell you, it's irresistible. And then I uh, I don't think thing that the Bible reports about Mary is that she um, she had seven demons when she met Jesus. That's, I, I, one demon is way too many. She was deeply tormented and afflicted spiritually. I mean, you, maybe you're that way. You're like, I just, I'm torn. I don't know how to go forward. I don't know the right path. And Mary Magdalene said, I am the way. I will show you the path. And he set this dear, afflicted woman free. By the way, what we know for sure about her, this says something. She traveled with Jesus. She's not named as one of the 12 disciples, but she and several other women traveled with Jesus. And we know this, talk about a privileged uh, experience for Mary Magdalene. She was the only human at both his crucifixion and his resurrection. 
You know how you hear somebody say, you know, I was, were you here when Mount St. Helens blew up in the hurricane? So I wasn't, but I could only hear it through my father's reports and my brothers who were going to stay home all week. But we weren't here. Now, very different things, but you know what it's like to feel like privileged to see something that's awesome and scary and happen. I have one more impression that um, um, I want to tell you about the person beyond those people I've mentioned. And, uh, and it says a lot about are in John 1, and you read them earlier in the room, but I'll just quote one little sentence. He came into the very world he created, and he became human and made his home among us. Now think about the word among for a second. Um, Five words, by the way, in that statement. They're full of meaning. He made his home. Made his home. Among us. We used to live in Southern Cal, and people would come there, and they'd want to go drive in Hollywood and visit some of the the key uh, famous people's homes. You don't get up close, but you can take a tour on buses, drive by their homes. decided to live among us. Those words describe Jesus as both personal and present, right? Among sounds that way. Though he um, had options, I don't know if you thought of that, about where and with whom he would live. The Bible makes a point of saying he chose his That's a way of saying uh, surrounded by us. In the presence or in the company of us. Ready for this? That's the likes of people like me and you. I'll bet more than a few of us are saying, man, really I'm Because you're like me, when you think of royalty, if we think of it correctly, if we think of royalty, much less deity, I don't have such people living on my street. I can tell you my neighbors. They're good neighbors for the most part. (laughs) No, they're just real people, normal people. A couple retired Children on the street, it's just real people. Um, But the thought of him coming to live, we have a home that's sold several times on our street, and let's say he showed up and bought it. It just doesn't, that just tips me over. It doesn't make sense. I know we live on Luke Lane, which is quite biblical of us, but um, think about that. I mean, he, 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 it's, it's not just a long shot that he would live there. 
It's a ridiculous thought. If if we're honest about it. He made his home among us. Why Why would I say that? Among us is just plain too common. on the presidential meeting. And among does not, it's an image, folks. You won't get close to it. And he will see to it that you don't. You get get what I mean? The nervous chuckle, that's right. (laughs) Okay, I get it. We'll stay away. We keep our distance. Oh, there are handshake moments and every hand has been cleaned and every person that's shaking his hand has been screened. That's how it works. And that's how it works for royalty, to say nothing of kingdom. The truth is, royalty lives in other places. They live above us. They live higher on the ladder than any of us. I'm not not ripping on me or you or any of us. We just know the truth about the scriptures. Um, Max Licato's words convey a similar surprise about Jesus suggests, if Jesus had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. Ours isn't magnetizing enough. It's really a bummer. But anyway, your picture would be on his one. Still quoting. If he had a wallet, your photo would be in it. And I added, if he owned a cell phone, you would be one of his favorites. I have six people in my favorites list. My father's gone, so that list is increased five. But I would be on his favorites list. How cool is that? How amazing is that? That's what it means to make his home among us. I don't know if you live in an apartment or a home or a condo. Imagine Jesus sneaking down the hall and getting close to the home of God. That's what the Bible says he does. And God who created the world with wisdom and power is that God who is usually uh, somewhere associated in his greatness and glory with things like fire and Thunder and lightning. It's all part of what you see in the Bible. Um, But that God came as Christ, laid in a manger in a crib. And as Drew said, three decades later, he went to a cross for something that he wasn't too quick to see. Not because of something he did, but because of problems you have that you can't address. The sin problem, and he said, I will take their place and repair.
does, he will return on schedule. Some are getting a little unsettled that the wait's been so long. That's been true for generations. I was absolutely certain he would come back when I was a little boy because my dad kept saying he would. And he hasn't come back yet. And I tell my kids, and I would like to tell you children, Jesus is coming back. We don't know exactly when, but it's according to schedule. Ask your parents what schedule they have, okay? And um, a scene I want to read words from captures uh, his return. It will be a song, actually, that Revelation uh, contains in chapter 4 and chapter 5. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased people for God from every tribe and language and nation. Please hear me. If you're here today and think this is a real good religious thought for the guy next to me, it's not him. It's Jesus. Verse 3. Still quoting. You have caused them, those people that you came for and purchased, you've caused them to become a kingdom of priests to serve our God. And they will reign on the earth, those people will, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And listen to how it ends. Anyone who comes to God in repentance faith will then be welcomed by him to be permanently in his presence forever the worship team's getting ready to reset and it's a wonderful song we're going to present called it's actually asked a question is he worthy as they're doing that I want to uh, tell you a quick story it's a story about a, um, a king, actually. And he lived in, in, in the castle, in the palace of his kingdom. And he lived with all the trappings of royalty. People bowed to him. They fell face down in his presence. I should tell you that this king was alone. And this king, uh, one day was traveling around with his great, vast entourage. A lot of power and pomp goes with kings and it's about his kingdom. And people, as his, we would say, motorcade passed by, they, they expressed great reverence. He finally found his way to a very remote village And as he was making his way through the streets, his eyes, for some reason, caught a woman standing but somewhat bowing 
as we pass by and we share with these people. And, and for some reason it caught his eye. And he kept looking as he passed by. They proceeded with their journey and made their way back to the, to the palace of Joseph. And sure enough, he walked into an empty palace and it was quiet. And he, he couldn't get his mind off that person he saw passing. And he thought, I, it's driving me nuts. I've got to go find out who she is. And his first thought was, I, I, she's so lovely. She, she was there alone. I presume she's a maiden. And I, and, I, and I want to meet her. So he thought he could just ask some of his people and they would make their way back to the village and king has issued a decree that he would like to meet you and come with us at once. And she would come because no one ever refuses a king. You don't say no. And he thought, I'll do, wait a minute, maybe not. Because she'll come, but I'll always wonder, is she here because she wants to be? Or is she here because she's afraid my, what might have happened if she stayed? So this is all going on in his mind, and he walked away from that option. And then he he thought about her some more, and he thought, "Wait a minute, I'm I'm the king. I can I can uh, I have all the resources. I can overwhelm her with bounty. I can give her many many things, gifts, and and I could over just just overwhelm her with such." Yeah, that's, that's, that's probably the way to show her what the life ahead could be like for her if she became the king. Again, thinking it through some more, concluded, no, that wouldn't work. Because she would come, perhaps, because that impressed her enough. But, he, but she would wonder, or he would wonder, are, are, are you into what I can do for you? Or is there something deeper? thought long and hard and came up with only one real answer to his dilemma. It would be that he needs to leave the castle and the throne. Not just temporarily, but completely. He would have to turn Henry's castle keys, if you will, and make his way on his own wouldn't have any of the pageantry and he certainly wouldn't have any of the William and Martha royalty it would be his only honest chance to be king and he went there he was known for a while as an empty diving bell no one recognized him and then
reveal to us, Lord, that you are the King. You were beautiful throne, and your kingly crown only came from you. But in Bethlehem's home, there was found no room for thy holy nativity. I pray that more than a few of us will decide this year that we haven't at this point to invite you to come into our hearts because there's room in our hearts. If this is a time for you to turn to Jesus and bow your knee and say yes to him, he will take you as one of his own promise to return to you one day so you can go with him. Never ask him to forget, just ask him to make it right. Because there's room in my heart for you and you have your will. And make me one of those